0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. You know, I haven't uh, complained in a while, but I continue to broadcast to you live each day from my guest bedroom. Yeah, it's, uh, as I continue to exercise good, <clears throat> excuse me, social distancing. No, 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 that, that clearing of my throat means nothing. It, just a little phlegm in there I had to straighten out. Uh, not an indicator of anything, not a symptom, certainly of anything. But I continue broadcasting to you here from my guest bedroom, and I'm getting more and more accustomed to it. Yeah, it's not so bad. I'll tell you what, I get to spend a lot more time with my beautiful baby daughter, Piper. That's pretty nice, and my uh, sweet wife. Anyway, that's not why you tuned in today. You want to hear about the news of the day, and you and I this morning woke up to some interesting news from the Supreme Court. I told you just yesterday that we're heading into the season of supreme court decisions yesterday we covered one pretty substantial and today we have another one on our plate dealing with daca and the dreamers yeah uh, in a in an opinion authored by chief justice roberts the five four decision essentially throws out president trump's move to bring to an end the daca program deferred action for childhood arrivals as as you well know This was a program instituted by President Obama in 2012 via executive order which allowed for the children of undocumented immigrants to operate freely within the United States. While undocumented themselves, they having been brought here to this country uh, at a very, very young age for the most part, and the argument goes, that they know no other life. And so is there fairness in sending them back to their, uh, their home country or that of their parents? Anyway, today, the decision, 5-4 decision, was that the way the president went about uh, terminating the DACA program was in violation of the law. Therefore, the program will continue. Let me read to you from the decision itself, uh, and it'll talk a little bit about the origins. In the summer, this is from uh, Chief Justice Roberts delivering the opinion of the court. Uh, He says, Roberts, in the summer of 2012, the Department of Homeland Security announced an immigration program known as DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, that under the direction of then-president obama that program allows certain unauthorized aliens who entered the united states as children to apply for a two-year forbearance of removal those granted such relief are also eligible for work authorization and various federal benefits some seven hundred thousand aliens have availed themselves of this opportunity now This, the second paragraph in the opinion handed down and authored by Chief Justice Roberts, is where we get into the details of what was decided today. Five years later, in 2017, the Attorney General advised the Department of Homeland Security to rescind DACA based on his conclusion that it was unlawful. The Department's acting secretary issued a memorandum terminating the program on that basis. The termination was challenged by affected individuals, So those are the DACA recipients, the DREAMers, and third parties who alleged, among other things, that the acting secretary had violated. Now, this is the point you must pay attention to. The acting secretary had violated the Administrative Procedures Act, APA, by failing to adequately address important factors bearing on her decision. For the reasons that follow, we conclude the acting secretary did violate APA and that the rescission must be vacated. In layman's terms, that means that the process through which President Trump attempted to end the DACA program, there were fumbles along the way. Something about the way the president uh, tried to navigate his way through the Administrative Procedure Act invalidated his effort. Now, in even simpler terms, what it means is there were, there were mistakes made along the way by the president. At least that's the determination of the Supreme Court right now. And for that matter, the rescission must be vacated or DACA must be allowed to continue. What it doesn't mean is that DACA is forever protected. All it does is say that the way the president went about his executive order in 2017 That there were problems there. And in fact, the Supreme Court, in this opinion authored by Justice Roberts, he goes through and itemizes those shortcomings. The ways in which the APA, the Administrative Procedure Act, is typically utilized. And so what does that mean? It means that the president very well could look at these shortcomings. It's It's like this. You've written an essay. A first draft of an essay. You turn it into your professor. The professor goes through it uh, with a red pen, making note of all of the errors. And then that paper, that essay, is handed back to you. You see where you have committed these errors, and you're given the opportunity to amend and resubmit. Well, the president has the opportunity to amend and resubmit. There's nothing about this Supreme Court ruling that precludes him from doing just that. Simply stated, DACA is not forever protected. Now, will the president uh, exercise that option? Will he attempt to terminate this program again? I don't know. That's probably a a political determination. And there are some smart folks that are involved in campaigns here and there and advising the president uh, at various levels who may or may not advise him to do so. Who knows? I I I don't know. I probably uh, would not advise him to go about it right now. But he's got the ability to do so. And it's for that matter that there are a number of individuals, particularly those members of Congress, who feel that on both sides of this issue, you know, on on both sides of the decision handed down by the court, those who are very uh, happy today and those who are very frustrated today, both are saying that this is something that must be addressed in Congress. In fact, Representative Ben McAdams uh, released a, a fairly lengthy statement, and I'll read to you here. It says the Supreme Court ruling today is welcome news that for now, for now, they will be able to continue their lives, Dreamers. This court ruling is an important but temporary reprieve. Now it is up to Congress to work together and pass the reforms to our broken immigration system that will give Dreamers the certainty they deserve and will strengthen families, communities, and our economy. He's not the only member of Congress speaking along those lines. Representative Curtis said, I'm glad to see SCOTUS, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States, give some certainty to DACA, but the fact they needed to is a black eye for Congress. We had our chance to help DREAMers first, and we let them down. Congress must work together to provide a permanent solution for DREAMers and other critical immigration issues. So, for many of you, the instinct may be to celebrate today. And there is. There is some reason to do so. But as you heard, Democrat congressmen from Utah, Republican congressmen for you from Utah, they have similar reactions. This is nothing but a temporary reprieve. And if these protections are to be laid in stone, set in stone, then it is up to Congress and Congress alone to address this. There are reactions from organizations and individuals all around the state and country. I want to share those with you as today's uh, episode continues. Also want to share with you an interesting tweet from the president. Uh, You can imagine how he feels this morning. He said uh, just after nine o'clock this morning, quote, these horrible and politically charged decisions coming out of the Supreme Court are shotgun blasts into the face of people that are proud to call themselves republicans or conservatives we need more justices or we will lose our second amendment and everything else vote trump 2020 all right that's a uh pretty hyperbolic if you ask me and it's uh uh kind of maybe some insensitive language and imagery there uh with the shotgun blasts and all that's too bad uh but understandably the president is pretty upset this morning but but if you are on the side of the president if you are on the side of his move in 2017 You know, you have been handed the essay back. The professor has given you another chance to try again. We'll see how that all shakes out. In the next segment, I am very anxious to have a conversation with Heidi Chamorro. She is a recent petitioner in a case that successfully petitioned the Utah Supreme Court to change state bar rules, allowing a DACA recipient to sit for the Utah bar. She's going to share her experience next and give her reaction to the Supreme Court's recent ruling after the break on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
1: Episode 131, we are today covering... Some big news from the Supreme Court of the United States. Uh, An opinion has been handed down, authored by Chief Justice John Roberts, which essentially states that the Trump administration acted illegally as it ended the DACA program. Specifically, it violated the Administrative Procedure Act. That's the thing about executive orders. You know, it's kind of one of those things you do it and then ask questions later. And there's a great deal of impermanence with executive orders. That's why many are calling on Congress now to step in and offer some sort of certainty and predictability to all those who are now uh, enjoying the benefits of the DACA program, the DREAMers, but are, if I'm honest, doing so with a certain measure of uncertainty. That uncertainty is what leads us to this next conversation. Joining me on the line now is Heidi Chamorro, who is a recipient of DACA protections herself, also a lawyer. Heidi, grateful to you for joining us. How are you?
2: Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, I want to go back a little bit and talk about your background. You have a unique relationship with the DACA program and the law. You uh, made some headlines in January of this year as the Supreme Court of the state of Utah was in the midst of making a decision. Tell us that story here real quickly.
2: Yeah, um, so this began quite a few years ago. Um, I graduated from law school here at the S.J. Quinney College of Law, Four years ago. um, Within a few months, we had started having discussions about how I would be able to take the bar. Um, We spoke to legislators who didn't want to touch the issue. We ultimately talked to the Supreme Court here in Utah, and they said, sure, we'll look at it. Uh, We filed a petition at that point, but they sort of just sat on it for two years. And Then my co-petitioner from BYU Law came around. um, We filed an, um, an official petition through Ballard Spar who represented us. And they made a decision a few months ago. They changed the rules. They allowed for someone with DACA to sit for the Utah Bar, and um, that's where we're at now. Uh, we are now doing our hours in order to sit for the Utah Bar.
1: Outstanding. H- how does that feel?
2: Oh, it was amazing. It's been a long time coming, and trying to be patient when you um, – want to just continue your life to do the thing that you went to school for was difficult but now that it's here it's been just very exciting uh, obviously it was overshadowed with the supreme court ruling uh... Well, waiting for the ruling and as of today i'm just so happy this was uh, wonderful news from the court
1: in just a moment i want to ask you about your reaction to today's announcement but if you don't want me asking a personal question what type of law are you hoping to practice you know,
2: at this point, I think that I would go into criminal or family. I have a little experience doing quite a bit of different things, but um, I think that a lot of what my passion is is in doing um, victim work, uh, criminal uh, rights for victims, I'd uh, Maybe some defense were down the line. I'm Sorry. not really sure. It's, you know, I, I haven't really thought about it, I think, for a long time. Uh, people always ask me, what do you want to do? Um, and I didn't want to get my heart set on anything, so I was right. sort of just waiting
1: for the and point un- that I actually had to
2: make a decision. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly right. And it's understandable you, you may not know or, or put, uh, put it out of your mind, at least, uh, for so long. The, the Your pathway to practicing that law was not exactly clear, but it's becoming more and more clear now. So this morning, you wake up, you hear the Supreme Court of the United States has made it known that they uh, are not supportive, the opinion being that uh, the decision made by the Trump administration, the action taken by the Trump administration to halt uh, the DACA program uh, was in violation of the law. How do you react?
2: Shock, complete shock. Um, I I was ready to, to be disappointed, honestly, and I was completely shocked this morning when I saw the news.
1: I made my way over to your uh, Facebook page earlier this morning. That's how uh, you and I end up crossing paths here today. And you made a comment as you shared an article summarizing the decision from the Supreme Court. And it made mention of now the role of Congress. Uh, it is very good news for those supporters of the DACA program that the Supreme Court has moved in this direction. Uh, but as you well know, with a legal mind and as, if we, as if we have been you know, instructed by all those who are explaining this deal – It's not a done deal. There is not necessarily certainty to this Supreme Court decision. What needs to happen next?
2: Yes, um, next there needs to be a more permanent solution. I think that this morning was a win for all of us with DACA, but obviously DACA has never been a permanent solution for a Dreamer. And uh, the administration, although they lost this morning, they'll continue to attack the DACA program. And in order to make something more permanent for those of us who have DACA protection now. It really is going to be up to Congress to pass the law.
1: What message do you have uh, to to your members of Congress, those representing you?
2: Uh, My message is that I really hope that they can push for a solution. Uh, They have continuously... Failed over and over to provide any kind of protection or any kind of law that has even come close to passing. Um, And so I really hope that everybody who represents me and represents us is able to come to the table and make a solution that's actually viable and passable in Congress.
1: Heidi Chamorro, thank you so much for chatting with me here uh, on this radio program and on the occasion of this announcement handed down by the Supreme Court. We'll see what Congress does next. Maybe once uh, once they start making some moves you and I can chat again and see what you feel about that.
2: I would love to. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you, Heidi. Uh, so there you have it. There is a, a dreamer who is impacted uh, in many ways by uh, not only the program at large but uh, this today's decision By the Supreme Court. I can't imagine uh, the the anxiety now for years wondering what your future holds. Uh, It's a fascinating thing. Anyway, I want to share with you just before we go to break a few of their reactions by uh, individuals on this issue. First and foremost, uh, Speaker Pelosi uh, had this to say just this morning after the uh, after the announcement handed down by the Supreme Court. Good morning. It is the Supreme Court decision upholding President Obama's wonderful action to support our dreamers. Now, point of clarity there. The Supreme Court did not necessarily uphold President Obama's move, but rather it rejected President Trump's move. Now, that might seem like a question of semantics, but it is not. And it's very important to understand that distinction because the door is still open to the Trump administration. As you heard me explain earlier, as you heard uh, my guest Heidi describe just a moment ago, the the essay – which was submitted by the Trump administration has been graded by the professor, the Supreme Court, and handed back now to the administration, who is able to, uh, you know, learn lessons from the past and reapproach, uh, and maybe even uh, bring to an end uh, th- this DACA. The, the DACA may not be uh, a done deal in terms of the Supreme Court now. If Congress moves quickly. If Congress moves quickly, there can be certainty to this issue. Uh, One last comment I want to share with you comes from uh, Democratic Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, who had this to say on the floor of the Senate this morning. This is a wonderful, wonderful day for the DACA kids, for their families, and for the American dream. There are a number of other reactions that I will share with you throughout uh, the day here, but we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to return to an issue we learned about together, you and I, yesterday, dealing with Facebook and political ads. Yeah, it turns out that in a a USA Today opinion piece published by Mark Zuckerberg, that Facebook is going to give users the option of shutting off political ads. If you don't want to see them in your newsfeed, you can click a button and you can do away with them. In the next segment, we're going to be speaking with the public policy manager at Facebook. Lori Moylan will be my guest. She's going to explain what this move means and why Facebook made this move. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. Today, as you started your day, I'm sure that you were met with news of a Supreme Court decision. As I said yesterday, we're kind of entering into that season where uh, the decisions handed down by the Supreme Court of the United States come pretty fast and furious. Yeah, yesterday uh, we, we got one. We got one today, which was unexpected. Yeah, if you were playing along at home and you were playing fantasy Supreme Court, you probably didn't get this decision right. The one having to do with deferred action for childhood arrivals or DACA, that program which was uh, instituted via executive order in 2012 in the summer of that year by then-President Obama. I won't summarize the program, I'm sure you, you know, but what you might not remember is that only five years after President Obama installed that program via executive order, President Trump directed the Attorney General to advise the Department of Homeland Security to rescind DACA based on his conclusion that it was unlawful. And the Department's acting secretary issued a memorandum which terminated the program uh, on that basis. Well, that decision was challenged in court by both uh, those who were enjoying the benefits of the DACA program along with some third-party individuals who joined a lawsuit. That lawsuit made its way all the way to the Supreme Court, and today we have the decision. I want to read to you exactly from the opinion of the court, which was authored by Chief Justice Roberts. Yeah, Chief Justice Roberts voted essentially against the Department of Homeland Security, a.k.a. the Trump administration. And he wrote this in The opinion of the court five years after the announcement by President Trump, the executive order, quote, the attorney general advised DHS to rescind DACA based on his conclusion that it was unlawful. The acting secretary issued a memorandum terminating the program. That termination was challenged by affected individuals and third parties who alleged, among other things, that the acting secretary had violated. And I get this, the Administrative Procedure Act, the APA by failing to adequately address important factors bearing on her decision. For the reason that follow, and this is again coming from the document drafted by Chief Justice Roberts, we conclude the acting secretary did violate the APA and that the rescission must be vacated. So here is the problem with executive orders. Sometimes they're good, oftentimes they're bad. In this case, it was bad. Why? Because it left, set aside your thoughts on the program itself. Okay, that is a debate for another day, unfortunately. But right now, what we have to focus on is process and procedure. And when you step outside the proper process and procedure, you run into problems. Now, this is the dropping of the ball on a number of fronts, both by the president and also by Congress. The president overstepped. Congress didn't go far enough. All right. And in so overstepping, the president, according to the Supreme Court, made some mistakes, specifically within the Administrative Procedure Act. If he had followed the rules there, today may have been a different, uh, a different decision being handed down. What it certainly does today is it simply prolongs the period of uncertainty which these DACA recipients, the DREAMers, are now having to endure. Until Congress steps in and makes this uh, a settled issue, that uncertainty will remain, regardless of what the Supreme Court rules. Anyway, I want to share with you uh, portions of a conversation I had earlier uh, with a young woman, Heidi Komoro. Uh, she, a recent petitioner in a case that successfully petitioned the Utah Supreme Court to change some of the state bar rules, allowing someone with DACA status to sit on the Utah bar. Ultimately, the Supreme Court decided that, yeah, as a matter of fact, dreamers can uh, sit on the Utah bar. I asked her this morning what her reaction was to the Supreme Court decision.
2: My message is that I really hope that they can push for a solution. Uh, They have continuously failed over and over to provide any kind of protection or any kind of law that has even come close to passing. Um, And so I really hope that everybody who represents me and represents us is able to come to the table and make a solution that's actually viable and passable in Congress.
1: So she gets it as we were discussing this issue this morning, she was very excited. She was very, very excited. This is a wonderful step. It's a wonderful indication. It's a wonderful acknowledgement uh, that this program has value and that any effort to take down this program must uh, you know, be done convincingly. That was not the case here, and so that's very good. Knowing that the program will endure is good, but not knowing how long it will endure is what is a, a great cause of concern to people like Heidi Komoro who We spoke to this morning. She said right there in her reaction, she needs to see Congress step in and do something about it. I asked her then, okay, well, what happens next?
2: Next, there needs to be a more permanent solution. I think that this morning was a win for all of us with DACA, but obviously, DACA has never been a permanent solution for a dreamer. And uh, the administration, although they lost this morning, they'll continue to attack the DACA program. And in order to make something more permanent for those of us who have DACA protection now, it really is going to be up to Congress to pass the law.
1: All right. So I've... Detailed what happened this morning. You have heard from someone directly impacted by it. Now let's look at the comments shared with us by some of the members of Congress in positions to do something about it. We'll start with Representative Ben McAdams. He sent me this written statement. It says, quote, the individuals known as dreamers are our classmates, our co-workers, our neighbors and members of our congregations. Brought here as young children, this is the only home most of them have ever known. They are working, serving in the military, enrolled in college, and are giving back to the community. The Supreme Court ruling today is welcome news for now. They will be able to continue their lives. This court ruling is an important but temporary Reprieve. Now, it is up to Congress to work together to pass the reforms to our broken immigration system that will give dreamers the certainty they deserve and will strengthen families, communities, and our economy. I want to share with you now uh, the comments from a member of Congress on the other side of the aisle, also from Utah. This is from Representative John Curtis, Republican. He tweeted this morning, quote, I'm glad to see the Supreme Court of the United States give some certainty to DACA. Some certainty, but the fact they needed to do so is a black eye for Congress. We must, we had our chance rather, we had our chance to help DREAMers first and we let them down. Congress must work together to provide a permanent solution for DREAMers and other critical immigration issues. Now, this is absolutely important because what you see here are two members of congress from different sides of the aisle saying exactly the same thing how often do you see that at least as the headlines in newspapers and in the 24-hour news outlets which had you have you believe not too often well uh, i've been there i was a congressional aide for a time and it is difficult to get everyone to agree oftentimes they are able to but not always and not always on the big things well this is one of the big things And it seems, at least here in the state of Utah, we've got uh, at least one representative from each side of the aisle ready uh, to come together, at least sharing the belief that it's time for Congress to step up and get something done. I'd echo that by both of them. It is time for Congress to step up and get something done. And as you uh, prepare to cast your ballot, uh, I want you to be thinking about these types of issues, the ones that can be done and the ones that must be done the ones that have such a great impact on those members of your own family, your community, and our economy. All right, I'm going to take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to uh, talk to a colleague of mine, Tad Walsh, uh, a reporter with the Deseret News. He covered... Uh, he covered something interesting yesterday. Uh, Elder David Bednar of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints just yesterday spoke in some of the strongest terms related to religious freedom that I have heard in some time. We'll walk through those details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.